the biggest mistakes of the, in Ukraine war was that it was a intelligence failure. Hello and welcome to Trigonometry. I'm Francis Foster. I'm Constantine Kissin. And this is a show for you if you want honest conversations with fascinating people. I am so excited for the guest we have for you today. He's a retired colonel from the Finnish military intelligence, now lecturer, Colonel Marty Carey. Welcome to Trigonometry. Okay, thank you. Nice to be here. It is great to have you. I'll call you Myra because that's uh, the short version of your name. But listen, before we get started, I just wanted to say for anyone who doesn't know who you are, we'll ask you to tell everybody your background. I listened to a lecture that you gave about Russian culture, history, and attitudes uh, that's on YouTube. And it was the best thing as a Russian whose father used to work in the Russian government. uh, Everything you said was entirely true. It was just, I've never seen anything this good. And the moment I watched that, I said to Francis, we've got to get this guy on because he's so good. Uh, So just for people watching this who don't know who you are, I can't wait to have this conversation. But before we do, tell everybody your background. Who are you? What has been your journey through life? How come you know so much about Russia, Russian culture, Russian history, etc.? Ah, okay. Okay. So I was born quite a long time ago. <laughs> and when it became, became time to be... Because we in Finland, we have an obligatory conscript service. I went to the Airborne Rangers. I served as an Airborne Ranger, as a conscript. And I, I, I was my plan was to become a history teacher. But when I went to the conscript service and... and uh, I was teach how to jump with the parachute in the night at the night, how to you know break break the railroads and and blow up the bridges. I like this is quite nice. And then I applied to the cadet academy and and I went to the cadet academy and I forget the history. And then uh, when I graduated from cadet academy because I'm quite small, they put me to the armored brigade because in that time we have Soviet tanks, T55, BMB1. So I worked with the mainly with BMP1. And then in 1988, I was recruited to military intelligence because of my knowledge of my languages, language skills. And then I, I, from 1988 until 2017, I, I served in our military intelligence uh, from uh, lieutenant to colonel. And uh, during that trip, I mainly worked in Finland, but I was one year in Bosnia as a Finnish contingent commander because I was in that age in the beginning of 2000 that I had to have the commanding post to be promoted lieutenant colonel. colonel. So I was one year in Bosnia as a contingent commander. I served three years as a defense attaché in Poland and Ukraine. And... That's it. So, so, and I, I retired in the end of 2017 as a, as a colonel. And I started uh, in the beginning of 2018 as a university teacher in Uvascula, quite difficult to pronounce, Uvascula University. And I teach here now intelligence analysis and also hybrid threats. So that's, that's uh, in, in a nutshell what I have done. And Mara, it always seems to me that the best way to start an interview is to go very broad. And it seems to me that one of the great arrogances about the West is that we think everybody thinks like us. And we think that the whole world shares the same mentality. But it's proven time and time again, particularly in this case, that the Russians and Russia doesn't think like us. 
So let's just look at the big differences between the rest, between the West and the Russian mentality. Ah, uh, that's a huge question. No, let's say let's let's approach that question in in that way. That okay, when I was lieutenant, I was sent to Leningrad. Leningrad to study Russian language. I was there, and I I I, I make friends with the Russians, and I was thinking why they are. Why they see the world from the very different angle than I do, and I was wondering why, 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 and and it was bothering me, and it was bothering me, and I, I understood that okay, there is something why they are thinking different way, and not until I start my PhD in 2017, and I found the theory of strategic culture, it's a American theory of of international politics and it was like you know i in that moment when i found that theory of strategic culture i realized that okay that's the theory by which i can explain why the russians are doing the diffi- di- things in a different way than we are so so what but the the question what are the biggest uh differences that's that's quite challenging but okay let's say let's say that okay for example the the the, the your attitude to the power so so we are living in democracy we are electing our leaders every fourth year in finland and president every sixth year and that's that's our system so we have get used that okay we can we can change our leaders and so on but the, the, the russians they have they don't have had a system that they can choose their leaders because they had first they have chars then they have the communist party and now uh, when when they have putin they have had not real possibilities to have elections and choose the, the leaders so that, i think i think the first thing is the the relationship between the power and the people second difference from what I think is that I speak at behalf of Finns or, or, or Europeans. We have a, Finland is like a, a country of 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 uh, when you speak about legacy and and we are a country rule rule of law rule of law country. It means that we have laws which protect us from from the authorities that uh, they can't behave as they want they had to you know behave with us in a way that they 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 protect us they 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 behave decently when they are working with us and we know what we can do what what is lawful what is unlawful and what is the punishment if we break the law but uh, I think that Russia is ruled by law. It means that they have laws, but the, the meaning of the laws is that the leaders can rule the people, rule the system by legislation. So they have also laws, but, but they can, for example, if we think about the internet, Russian segment of internet, they have a lot of laws which uh, uh, limit the, the, the users uh, possibilities you know to find the information and so on and so on they say that okay this is 
for they protect people from uh, pornography or or from the things which can can uh, help you to make suicide for example or or they say that okay they protect people against extremism but what they do they can they can close down for example opposite pages navalny pages horodovsky pages you know saying okay this is extremist and it's 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 from their point of view it's it's legal because it's 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 rule by law country do you understand what i i'm trying to absolutely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Not, that's the other one the the, the 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 approach to 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 the power the the status of 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 law in the system that, that's too and, and 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 i think also the uh, attitude against act, attitude to violence for example because they have they have long long tradition of 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 state terror for example even the great even the great established operational system which means that that uh, the leader can use violence against the people who are around him and to the normal people very flexible so there is no there is no legal limitations uh, to that how he can use his his power for example our president cannot send our special service people to some other country to poison a person but in in, in russia it's possible so, so i mean that the approach to the use of violence it's different than we have than they have and so i think those those are the three things which came to my mind immediately yeah. And in your lecture, you talk a lot about history. And one of the things I loved about it, it was very non-judgmental. You describe how Russians think without saying they are worse than us or better than us or we are better and they're worse or anything like that, which I thought was uh, easier to hear for people. Um, and uh, yes, the other yes, thing- yes, yes, because, uh, sorry, because no, I like, you know, I, I like, I, I master in arts in Russian language and literature. I like I like the language, it's the language of Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, Vladimir Vysotsky. So I, I like the language. I like the people. I don't have anything against Russian people. I have Russian friends. So when I speak Russia, I don't mean Russian people, normal, ordinary Russian people. I mean the leadership. Yeah, yes, please. of course. And and so talking about the leadership, one of the things you point out is that is that because of Russian history, whether it was the Mongol occupation being occupied by the Mongols for 150 years, or some of the Tsars that came afterwards, or the communist regimes uh, after that, uh, Russia has always had a strong leader. And uh, one of the things I always tell people in the West that they don't understand is uh, Stalin, who killed 20 million or more of his own people, has a 70% approval rating in Russia today. Mm -hmm. Why? because i think i think the russians they have get used to strong strong leader they have had periods in their history they get it's it's called smuta smutno vremya how do you say it in english times of trouble times yeah, of trouble times of troubles they in 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 end of the 16th century for example they had times of trouble when they didn't had a strong leader the poles attack and there was you know internal revolts and things like that people 
a lot of people get killed. Uh, there was no good good coordination of, of leadership and so on. So in that time, Russians realized that it's better to have a, a strong leader than a chaos and, you know, the, 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 the Poles attacking and things like that. And, and second time, they realized that when Yeltsin became power and became that that uh, democracy, or how to say it, it is not a democracy in that point of view. From our point of view, it's like, a, let's say, criminal democracy or, or, or something like that. So th- the Russians prefer strong leader because they, the strong leader can have a stability. They like stability. We all like stability. We built in Finland. We built our stability through the democracy. And and the Russians are building up the, the stability by a strong leader. And Mara, do you think that has a lot to do with geography? When you see Russia on the map, it's huge. Yeah, and it's you've huge. Got these, yeah. And so you really do not need somebody who's that strong to hold all those different places together, all those all that vast amounts of land together. Because if you have someone who perhaps is more liberal, more democratic than what you are going to get is infighting, people want breakaway group, uh, breakaway republics, yeah, right. etc. Yeah. yeah, that the balkanization might happen if you don't have a strong leader. Yeah, you are right. That's right. And what uh, you mentioned uh, Boris Yeltsin. Uh, that was really the only time when Russia flirted with a pro-democratic move. It hadn't really happened in history. And what a lot of people in the West don't realize is Russians' attitudes to democracy and what Russians think of when they think about democracy. Can you talk a little bit about what the 90s meant for, for Russian and mentality and why Vladimir Putin ended up being who he is? I think it it, it started well. It started well, became, you know, the. I think it started during during Karpachov, Perestroika and, and, and Glasnost and things like that. People were, I, I, I was 1986 in, in, in Leningrad and it was time when the perestroika started and Glasnost started. People were quite, you know, enthusiastic that, okay, now something bet, uh, better will come. They believed that, okay, now the life will be better. And then became 1990s and it should have been democracy, but it was some kind of gangster capitalism. So, so the, the, the becoming oligarchs uh, took the coupons from the people and 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 and, and people lost everything what they had uh, inflation was in one year i think 94 the inflation was 2500% for example so so you 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 just can't live there and 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 that was the time when the people get the impression that this is democracy this is democracy and then then in in the new year 1999 2000 became a strong leader he was not in that time he was not yet a strong leader but became a different leader and the 1990s was behind and people start to believe that okay this might be a new start again and the oil price went like that it means that the new president had uh, long uh, a lot of 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 economic power you know people somehow connected the economical growth with the president who in in fact hadn't nothing to do with the oil price 
But anyhow, it it happened in that way that that oil price went up, and and it, some somebody people thought that okay, this is because Putin is now president. Our life is getting better and better and better. But Mahra, he has been in some ways quite a good president. Most Western countries are in horrendous amounts of debt. As far as I know, Russia is in no debt or very little debt at the moment. Yeah, well, you are right. That you might are change right. because yeah. of the war. Yes, you are, you are right. You because they 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 sell oil, they say sell gas, they get a lot of incomes from oil and gas. So it has helped him a lot. And, and, and they, have, the, they, they have been quite wise because they haven't spent all the money. They have put a lot of money in the reserve, reserves yes. and they have a lot of money in reserves and they don't have debt, as you said. So the economy, ec- economical politi- poli- policy has been quite wise. Because one of the things we tend to misinterpret about Russia is corruption. We say that the, the society is corrupt, the government is corrupt. And of course it is, but it's corrupt in a very different way than the corruption that you will see in the United Kingdom and the United States. Could you explain that to us, please? It goes, if you read Mark Kaleotis' book about mafia, it explains a lot how it works. It works in that way that if you achieve some position in administration, you have right to saw, they say saw, Yeah. Uh, 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 one part, one part of the of the of the state money to yourself. So you can you can steal one part of the of the government money to yourself. And 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 if you are in a low level in the administration or system, you can steal small portion. When you get upper, you you can steal more and more and more. And when you get high, you can steal tens of millions of of, of dollars in a year. So. And it's 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 everybody knows the rules, so the rule goes in that way that don't steal too much, don't 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 steal from the wrong guy, don't <laughs> don't steal from the wrong guy because then you are in troubles. So it it everybody knows. Here's the rules. Let's play according to these rules. Don't break the rules. And of course, we in the West are hypocritical, particularly in London, because the moment. All of this corrupt money flooded into the city of London under Blair's government. We went right ahead. All the doors are open. Yeah, you were lucky. They passed <laughs> Helsinki. They passed Helsinki. We have just few of them. So yeah. <laughs> hey, Francis. Would you like to learn another language? No, Mike. Already know foreign languages perfectly. Oi, Gary. Ue la biblioteca. You can't go on holiday, mate, without knowing where the swimming pool is. The bibliotheque is the library, you idiot. Exactly. You can never be too far away from knowledge and sexually frustrated librarians. <sighs> For those of you who do want to learn a language and connect with another culture, or maybe just brush up on your Spanish for the next holiday, Babbel is the app for you. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind. Things you're going to use in everyday life, like finding out where the bibliotheque is. Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts, meaning real people. So you learn useful vocabulary and not meaningless phrases like the ones Francis keeps uttering. Babbel's teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective across multiple studies. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italians, and, and the other ones. 
Babbel is available as an app or online and your progress will be synced across all devices. Babbel is offering our listeners six months free with the purchase of a six-month subscription with our promo code, which is TRIGGER. Go to babbel.com forward slash play and use promo code TRIGGER for an extra six months for free. We're even going to get Francis on it. You might learn English. Mm. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com forward slash play. Promo code TRIGGER. I use Babbel and look at me now. Yo puedo hablar español absolutamente perfecto. Know what I mean, Gary? Uh, Colonel, one of the things that particularly you talked about in your lecture as well is why Russia, at, at a sort of instinctive level, is very fearful of invasion, uh, ex Western expansion. Uh, it's fearful of, of it, it perceives itself as being surrounded and under threat. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think as we move the conversation into the current situation, that will help us understand some of the thinking behind the, the, the actions. Oh, you mentioned about the, the huge, it's a huge country. It means that yes. they have a lot of, lot of borders and, and, and a lot of, lot of different uh, invaders has attacked Russia from Mongols came. They were there 200 years. Then came uh, Swedes, Swedes and Finns, because we have always been, been with Swedes. Wherever they go, we go up with them because we were part of Sweden uh, 700 years. They used to use Finns, you know, for the military purposes. We have a saying that the, the brave, brave Swedish king fight until the last Finn. Mm. It's a Finnish talk. Okay. But anyhow, <laughs> we attacked, we attacked, and then uh, Napoleon, Poles, many times, Poles. So, so the, 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 the Russians have uh, in their history, in their family narratives, there is a stories about attacks. The Germans attack in two world wars, they attack, and now NATO is according to the stories they are planning to attack Russia. So that, that's the huge, huge uh, country. And if you think about the area from uh, the west, west borders of Poland and Ukraine, and you look to the Moscow, there is nothing on, it's a plain. It's a plain, there is no, you know, rivers, or there's a little bit rivers, but there is no, real obstacles like mountains or, or seas or whatever. So it's easy to attack by horses, by tanks and what, whatever you use when you attack. So it has created a feel of being attacked. Like uh, they call, or, or, or somebody call it Barbarossa syndrome. You know, it means that when the Nazis attacked 1941, to, 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 to Russia, it was called Operation Barbarossa, so they called that Russians have a Barbarossa syndrome. It means that somebody will make a surprise attack again to Russia. And you also explained that it benefits the leader of the country to yeah, create this perception of threat because then he can unite the people and yeah. uh, say only a strong leader like me can, can, can pr protect you. Yes. Yes, I okay, let's say that, that way that thirty percent is is family stories narratives. Seventy percent is leadership is telling. Okay, okay, the, the the NATO is planning to attack us again. 
or the West is planning to attack us again. So it's it's like, a, how do you say it in English? You are collecting under the flag or around the flagpole. Or how do you say it in English? Flock to the banner. You have yeah, flocks to the yeah, banner. Yeah. So it, it's it's all the leaders all around are using that also in Russia. Isn't it also a problem as well that essentially Putin is surrounded by yes men? You're not going to have somebody who disagrees with Putin or stands up to him because if you do that, you <laughs> or am, oh. am I being facetious? You know, at all time they have a system called boyarstva, boyars, who were noble people who were surrounding the Tsar. And there was, you know, the administrative boyars, there was uh, military boyars, and they were serving, serving the Tsar. And Tsar was giving them, you know, the land and, and money and for, for the good service. But if he he suspected that you are not behaving well, or if he suspected that you are planning a coup, for example, or the revolt or whatever, you might lose your head in as i told you about even the the the, the terrible he created the system called operation and 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 it's it's like a kgb and kgb of 16th century and he used that 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 kgb very very flexible so and that time they lost their head and in stalin time yes also you was there was next shots and things like that nowadays Nowadays, uh, you will be transferred to the, uh, you will be head of the railway administration or the governor of Kaliningrad. But they don't, they don't shoot any more people. But anyhow, if the, the char is not satisfied for your services as a boyar, you will be transferred to the lower post. Ivanov, for example, is taking care of the, of the, I don't remember. He is now in position where he take care of environment. And he used to be in a very high position. But isn't that a problem? Because what that creates is a uniformity of thought. And it also means that bad ideas don't get challenged, particularly Putin's bad ideas. So currently yes. they're at war. I mean, will any general go to Putin and go, look, I think we've made a mistake here because we've got massive amounts of casualties. And in this part of the country, the Ukrainians are winning. Yeah, I think uh, because I, I teach intelligence. In university, and the ta- task of intelligence is to provide objective information to decision making. So, intelligence is, is providing objective information decision makers, and then we have decision makers who make decisions based on the information given by intelligence and given by other other people like uh, operative people and 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 so on. But in Russia, the problem is that it's it's mixed. It's mixed because around Putin, there is Narishkin and Bortnikov, who are Intel guys. So they are in the inner circle. They are the, those guys who are also making the decisions. So, so the idea of use of intelligence doesn't work there because the intelligence doesn't provide objective information to the decision makers because part of the decision makers are intel people do you understand what i'm trying to yes. explain yeah so there's no there's no division there's, there should be a division intel guys provide intel decision makers make decisions 
but there Intel guys are decision makers. So it 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 it, it wished that decision-making process, as you say, that it, it's, it might cause that they are yes-men. And, 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 and when the subordinators who are providing the information, making the reports or making the collection, they know what the boss want to hear. I mean, not the highest boss, but they boss, Bortnikov or, or Nariskin. They make the reports according to expected VCs of, of, of the boss of the, that that particular service, and it missed also the system. So, so it's it's. I think the one of the the, the biggest mistakes of the, in Ukraine war was that it was a intelligence failure. It was intelligence failure. I I, I have analyzed that, and I think it was a intelligence failure. Well, let's explore that, Mara. What do you mean by that? I I mean that okay. Uh, if you think about the intelligence cycle, we have collection, we have analysis, we have delivery or, or reporting, and then idea is that you collect data, you analyze data and make the, the, the data to intelligence, you provide that intelligence in reports to your, your customer, and it should cause wisdom, it should cause knowledge, and in best case, it should cause wisdom in the head of the decision maker from data to wisdom it's it's quite challenging job but it works if you are objective honest and so on but if you have three services as they have you know foreign service foreign intel uh, fsb and military intelligence you have three services who are competing who are competing for the resources and and the uh, money, for example, so they 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 think that okay, my boss want to hear this kind of reporting, so they provide probably a wrong reporting because they think that okay, if I tell bad news, he don't like me, I will not get get resources, and that, that's why it might as as Stalin did, of course, he didn't believe the intel which was was provided by Richard Sorge. Richard Sorge was the, the best best uh, operative uh, operative uh, officer in in Tokyo. He sent it that okay, the Germans will attack in a, in the mid of June 1941. Stalin didn't believe that because he has his own ideas. He, he has his own indicators which he was following. And the other people were telling, you know, that no, the German will not attack because they know that Stalin want to hear that, okay, the Germans will not attack. This is the same system in, in, in now, I think. Putin didn't believe those who told that, okay, we should not attack Ukraine. He believed those guys who said, okay, we can attack Ukraine because it goes easy as it went in 2014 in Crimea, for example. I haven't been there. But I have analyzed that, that that might be one reason why why this all happened. Well, Colonel, this is the question that I think a lot of people suddenly wanted to know the answer to. Why did Vladimir Putin invade Ukraine? Some people say, uh, as we talked about earlier, that it's the threat of NATO expansion. He cannot allow NATO in Ukraine. Other people say, well, he's been talking. We had a former advisor to Vladimir Putin on our show called Andrei Ilarionov, who talked about how since 
since the moment he came to power, Putin was talking about, we want to go back to 1997 when no Eastern European countries were in NATO. Basically, he, he, he longs to recreate the Soviet Union. What's the truth? Why did he invade? I think those both are right. But one, I think one reason is that they are fear about the color revolutions because the system go as I, I told you, 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 if you get the position in a, in, in a system, you get the high position in the system, you get, you, you have uh, access to the, to the money. You have access to money and you, you can, you can, you can saw money uh, as much as your uh, people in your level, you know, administrative admin, admin can, can saw. If you are yeah. high, you can steal a lot of money. If you are lower, you can steal not so much money as the high guys who are up there. But anyhow, you can steal. So, and if you have a system that, okay, we vote our leaders every fourth year, it might happen that you will be not in a position anymore where you can steal. So the color revolutions is a threat for the system uh, where uh, where is the inbuilt corruption corruption like in in Russian administration and 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 that's why uh, they are afraid of the color revolutions. I think that's one reason. And what happened in 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 Ukraine in Maidan 2014? It was a color revolution, and they were afraid that it will spread also to the Russia. It happened. It almost happened in 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 Belarus. The Russians went in. It almost happened in 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 uh, Kazakhstan. The Russians went in, and so on. So they are trying to put down all the possible color revolutions, which are you know m- might rise in the neighborhood. In in Ukraine, they in Ukraine they didn't manage, and that is one reason why they attack. Of course, they you know that. All the sla- sla- Slavs are, are one people, and NATO expansion. We had to put the buffer zone, which we have lost when the Soviet Union break down and things like that. But I think one reason is that 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 system that you had to protect that uh, kleptocratic system, and and not let the color revolutions come in to Russia. So the people at the top, they fear a change of system because it means they will no longer have the power and the opportunity to profit from having the power. Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's one reason, yes. That makes sense. Uh, but why now? They tried in, for, in 2014, they, they, they took Crimea, they started a, a small local civil war in the east of Ukraine. Why did they attack now in 2022? What was the reason to do it now? I think I think one reason was that they tried to solve the question of of Donbas, and and they tried to solve the the, the Donbas question, and they the because there was a change of president in the United States, they thought that okay he might be not so strong. We can now, you know, try something. Another thing was that they saw that uh, Zelensky was was fighting against the. Uh, pro-Soviet, uh, pro, pro-Russian uh, uh, actors in in Ukraine. For example, he was Medvedchuk. Television channels were closed a year ago in February, January, February. So, so Zelensky was... Colonel, I'm sorry to interrupt. Just for people who don't know, Medvedchuk is the leader of a pro-Russian party uh, whose, I think, daughter's 
godfather is Vladimir Putin. So this yes, is yes. this is very much pro-Russian guy in Ukraine who was actively yeah. working against President Zelensky, and Zelensky sh- sh- shut down his TV channel. So Medvedchuk was, you know, making a, a, a huge information warfare, information campaigns pro-Russia in in Ukraine, and Zelensky closed close that possibility and change of president united states uh, and also you know they i think the the donbass to to take care of donbass it's caused a lot so i think they thought also thought that they had somehow solved the problem with donbass i mean the rebel rebel areas and and, and if you put all these together you come to the conclusion that okay it's time to attack because uh, i think when when they concentrate the forces in 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 the beginning in the end of last year i thought that the idea is to put the pressure to kiev to put the pressure on, on zelensky that he would accept open the negotiations on minsk 2 agreement uh, but when uh, uh, macron went to to moscow and Stoltz went to Moscow. They came from there to Kiev and back their home. And there was no discussions about the opening uh, the Minsk II agreement. Then I realized, okay, this is this is not an exercise. They will attack. But I think they will. I, I thought they will not attack so deep with the, so deep uh, targets as they did because they had only 100. 90,000 troops and the Ukrainians had uh, mob- they can mobilize 200,000 troops so I think that's that's miscalculation because you had to have uh, three times so much forces as a defender so I think that they they make a, you know uh, just they took take might took Kharkov and then they took Kahovka uh, reservoir because they needed water to to Crimea for example so but this surprised me that they are they are attacking from four different directions no no center of gravity of the attack and no i don't we come back to your point about poor intelligence okay. and not being mm-hmm. not being given the right information francis let me just finish sure. on, on this point sure. could this have been prevented colonel <sighs> you mean the russian attack yes Mm, no no yes yes if if they would had open negotiations about uh minsk 2 that m- might have been a solution that might have prevent the war what if ukraine said we're never joining nato no, that might also that might also have been, you know, the the solution. Yes, yes, you are right. Interesting. Mm. Mara, um, we, we've been talking and corruption, about corruption. Now, this obviously wasn't a primary motivator, but it might have been a secondary motivator. We're talking about people whose motivations for progressing up the ladder are, as you said, soaring off a bit for themselves. The higher up the ladder you go, the more you can soar off. Now, they might invite, uh, advise Vladimir Putin to invade because if they think, hang on, the war isn't going to last for very long, we'll take over all of this part of Ukraine, we'll have all of these resources, 
That means, inevitably, some of that will go to me. Some of these natural resources will go to me. Could that have been a motivator as well? People acting in their own self-interest. That might be also, but I think that 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 has not been the main main uh, driver. Okay, and people talk a lot about the fact that Ukraine is quite is it quite rich in gas, and that could have been uh, a factor as well, because then that undermines a Russian position, because Russia provides much of Europe, in particular Germany, with gas. No, I think the 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 Russian has gas enough. The Russian have have oil enough. I think the the, the Ukraine as an oil provider or gas provider is not so vital to Russia. What what Ukraine provides is is wheat, for example, and 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 and, uh, and and things like that. But I think the economical reason is not the main. It's not even the second second uh, important uh, reason to attack. I think the, yeah. And uh, Colonel, what does all of this mean for the standoff uh, which we now have between NATO and Russia? Because uh, people who understand the geography of Eastern Europe, as you do, know that Kaliningrad, for example, is a piece of Russia that is disconnected from the main uh, body of Russia by uh, Latvia and Lithuania. Uh, and these are countries that are now part of NATO. Given that you know part of the of the national mentality is about making sure you're safe. And part of it is about expanding borders, bringing the Russian people under one umbrella, controlling the buffer zone of Eastern Europe. Do you think, uh, as Andrei Larionov told us, for example, that Putin wants to keep going? Now, obviously, uh, the troops haven't done as well as he hoped, and it's been a big failure. I think that's certainly how people see it in the Kremlin at the moment. Do you think he has ambition to go further? I, you mean to open the door to open the corridor to to Kaliningrad, mm. and and more and more to to go further than Ukraine. No, I think now they they don't have a power because they have yeah. they have lost a lot of lot of men, lost of uh, techniques uh, in, in in Ukraine. So they had to you know to take the breath bef- before they can do anything else. Uh, will they do? I think that. I think that Ukraine has taught them a lesson, so they think twice if they go somewhere else. Yes, course, but what I'm yeah. asking you is: is imagine Ukraine had gone very well for Russia. They come yeah. in, they take half the country, no problem. Ukrainians surrender like they did in 2014. Would they then keep going, or is it just about Ukraine? No, I think it might have. Would have been like that you described. They would have keep going. Yeah, they might would. They might have to keep being going. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why? Why would they keep going? Explain to our viewers why. Because they they have idea that okay, to protect Mother Russia, you had to have buffer zones. You you had to have. So in old time, they had Warsaw Pact, all the Eastern Bloc countries, and then the, you had the second second line of defense was Baltic states. Belarus, Ukraine, and so on. So you had two buffer, two zones of defense before the Madras. Madras was, you know, under the attack. So probably they would had somehow expand the the buffer zone further on. Hey, Constantine, do you like shopping? 
No, in Russia you skin bare with your bare hands and wear it. Obviously this is for men only. The women and small children are allowed to use knife. Where did you get your blazer from? It's made out of bear. Babushka created it for me using nothing but her own bare hands. No pun intended. I wondered what the smell was. But for those of you who do want an easy, no hassle solution to the grind of going shopping, then Stitch Fix is for you. Stitch Fix is a service for both men and women and makes shopping for clothes easy. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash trigger to set up your profile. They'll deliver clothes chosen just for you in your taste, size and budget. And by taste, they mean something that will look good instead of showing the world you're having a midlife crisis like me. The items you buy arrive at your door a few days later. You try everything on at home, decide what to keep and then send anything else back. It's so easy. You just pay £10 each time you order, which is credited towards the items you keep and you'll get 20% off when you keep all five items. There's no subscription, plus shipping, returns and exchanges are easy and free. Stitch Fix does the hard work for you making shopping for clothes easy and hassle-free. Get started today at stitchfix.co.uk forward slash trigger and get 20% off when you keep all five items. Can you order fresh Siberian bearskin from Stitch Fix? Uh, possibly. Go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash trigger to find out. Uh, Mahra, why is it that the majority of Russians pro-Putin. They're very supportive of Putin. And in particular during the war, surely they should have, would they not have seen, you know, their own country as an aggressor? But you know, they, they, they are in an information vacuum. They are in information vacuum. They, in 2019, they had law which said that they, Russia had to have capabilities to, to isolate the Russian segment of internet from the global internet. And, and now they have capabilities to isolate the Russian segment. Uh, they haven't done that yet. They have not isolated that they segment yet, but they have capabilities. But what they have done, they have isolated the mentality or the information of, of Russian people from the, from the information of the West. So, so they have closed all the non-official channels, dust, television channel dust closed down and, and, and Nova Gazeta was closed. Eho Masqui radio channel, channel was closed because they have a law. They just uh, less than a month ago, they, they accepted the law that if you speak not the, the official truth, you might get uh, even 15 years jail. So the people are now very, very afraid to speak something else that what is obviously accepted. For example, words like war and 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 that like that kind of words they are forbidden. So you, you can't say speak. this is a war. You have to yeah, say it's yeah, a special yeah, military yeah. operation. Yeah. And if you get that information 25 hours in a day from television. So you start to believe that. Like a Chinese water torture, you get drop on your head. One drop doesn't do anything. But if you get drop 100 or 1,000 of drops in your head, your head starts to, 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 to uh, you get a headache. So it's the same. 
because if you every evening you open the TV and you hear that okay in 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 Kiev the leaders in Kiev they are Nazis and and so on and so on you start to believe that and and you you hear that okay the Russian forces are participating in a special operation because they are trying to get rid rid of the Nazis you start to believe that and and you have not the alternative truth which which you might get from the west so so it means that and and if and of course you believe that and of course if you are stopped in the street and they interview are you are you supporting putin or not guess what the people usually answer <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, i think it goes like that mm. and the problem is 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 what once that happens and you've got the majority behind him it makes a leader very strong doesn't it because yeah. if there's no if you know if there's no criticism if there's no public backlash then there's going to be less reason for him to think about his actions and maybe change them yeah but in the russian days you know always has been in soviet union and russia there has been one thing which i learned in 1986 in leningrad that they has a lot of levels of the truth. The truth in the newspapers is different than the truth on the street. And the the truth on the street is different than the truth in the kitchen, in the kitchen table. So so we don't know, we don't we don't make the polls or, or they don't make the polls in a kitchen. They make the polls in the streets, on the streets. So we don't exactly know what is the real support of of the president. Mm. Yes. And you mentioned uh, different levels of truth. One of the most fascinating parts of your lecture for me was when you talked about language and how in Russian there are different words for truth. And I'd never thought about this, but it is accurate the way you describe it. We have uh, different words for truth. And some of them mean that it's absolutely true, but some of them are more flexible. And so people are more flexible. And you also talked about the fact that in Russia, there is this feeling among people, and this is definitely true, that if I lie for the benefit of my country or for the benefit of my group, uh, then other people will be okay. And they will also agree that I am telling the truth, in inverted commas, even though they know I'm lying, because they know it's for our collective benefit. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, they call it. It's it's like a, they go, it's in Russian. It's called krukavaya paruga. It's like a company guarantee, or how do you translate? Collective Krukavaya responsibility. Paruga. It's called yeah, in English. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It means that okay, when the Russians went to Crimea, the Russian forces went to Crimea. No insignia. No, no any any insignias that they are Russian soldiers. They went to Crimea, and they start to you know take the the objects. And 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 to their hand, I mean the airport and 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 the garrisons and so on. And people people were wondering who they are, and Putin said they are not Russian soldiers. And we in West we were thinking, okay, if they are not Russian soldiers, who they are? <laughs> and after three days, Russian uh, uh, Putin said, okay, they are Russian soldiers. So. So Putin gained three uh, three days advantage by telling the tactical truth. So he was denying that they are they are Russian soldiers. He said that they are not. And I I was thinking, okay, if if our president would say that okay, those people are not my soldiers, 
the soldiers would be very angry. But because the Russian soldiers understood that it was Krukavaya uh, Paruka thing, he was, you know, denying us because he is uh, achieving time. He is he is bluffing the the, the West Intel and so on. They accepted that. They were not saying, "Hey, we are Russian soldiers. Don't 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 forget that we are here." So so that's one example. So so you can use the tactical truth to bluff. Yeah. Uh, to get people confused. As 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 Lavrov when they started negotiation in Istanbul, he said that we have not attacked Ukraine. Yes. Because the basic assumption of the negotiations was that Russia was Russia has attacked Ukraine. That was the basic assumption. Everybody has, you know, the, the notes according that basic assumption that okay, we negotiate. We will uh, implement this negotiation according the basic assumption that okay, Russia has attacked Ukraine, and everybody was ready to start from that point of view. And he came there and said, "We have not attacked Ukraine." Everybody was looking their papers. How 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 can I start now? Because he said that they have not attacked us. And what you're saying us as well to us as well is people in Russia don't mind that their president didn't tell the truth about. Crimea about Russian soldiers, or they don't mind that they didn't tell the truth about what's happening in Ukraine. They they can they can be okay with that because it's for the benefit of the country. Yeah, that's that system of the Krukavaya Paruka. So it yeah. means that okay, he was clever. Yes, he was clever because between truth and the lie, there is a lot of let's say fifty shades. But don't think that movie now. Fifty shades of gray. <laughs> Where you can flexible move, very flexible yes. you can move in that. And so, what does that mean for what we hear in the West, in Russian media like RT or Sputnik or whatever? Uh, are those reliable uh, TV channels for people to to get the information from? No, I think in many countries they have closed RT, for example, because mm-hmm. they consider that it's not reliable source of information. But of course. Uh, we we can follow because it's 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 quite important to also follow with RT, for example, telling because if you are able to interpret what if they if they are saying something and you can understand why they are saying something, what is behind that that uh, tactical truth? So 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 I think it's not wise to close. It's 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 much more wise to monitor and think. From the point of view of, for example, tactical truth, why they? No, I, I agree a, with you about closing. Uh, I, but what I'm getting at is, I think some people have been, uh, rather than watching and interpreting, they've been watching and believing. Yeah, yeah. What did what we did in Finland already? Let's say more than ten years ago, we opened. We have, a, because I told that we have two official languages. We have Swedish and Finnish. Two op, uh, two official languages. But we have also news in Russia and in Sami. Sami is a language which they speak the, the Lap people in up up in Lapland they speak Sami language. So we have uh, when you open TV you 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 at five o'clock you get news in in Finnish, in Swedish, in Sami and in Russia. So even Sami and Russo are not our official languages. So so we decided that we will fight the information warfare 
by telling the Finnish truth, which is much more, I think, it's much more close to, to the real truth. It's not tactical truth, but it's, it's you know, the, the based on, on mainly on the facts. So I think it's, it's, it's a good system. We had a good system for, to info, make the information, weight information warfare. And Mahra, where does this leave Putin now? Because I think most people would acknowledge for Russia, this has not been a success. They've lost a lot of men. Their reputation has been damaged. His reputation has been damaged. It's going to probably end in some kind of stalemate. Where yeah. does he go from here? I think, the, yeah, they have stalemate in Kiev area. They have st- stalemate in North. They have stalemate, stalemate in 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 uh, Don operational direction. I mean the rebel areas. What they are, okay. They will the the the, the victory day, 9th of of May. So they had to have something to show to the people. We have one. And what? they probably do they do they because they said that okay we the, the main reason of the operation was to protect those uh, two rebel uh, republics or, or rebel areas they call them republics so what they do that i think that they are trying to get that old novorossia area it means that from from donbass to to crimea so the idea is that uh, the, the the shores of Azova Sea from from the rebels areas to Crimea until Dnieper River up north. They, it's called the area is called uh, Novorossia, mm-hmm. and I think think that they are before the 9th of of May. They are trying to take that area, and the key of 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 that area is Mariupol. So uh, they are, I think they are pushing now hard Mariupol. And if they get that, they can say, okay, this is what we were trying to get. And now, now we get that, we won the war. And 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 that should have happened before the 9th of May, because then they can, you know, glorify all the the, 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 the losses which they have had during the war, uh, because they fight against the Nazis, Nazis again. And, and now we get that Novorossia, now people in, 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 in those two uh, republics are, are safe and free. And I know that your background is not in decision-making, it's in intelligence and, and analysis. But if I were a decision-maker and I came to you and I said, Colonel, I want to make sure that this is the end, that whatever happens in Ukraine now, uh, peace is upheld, that Russia does not advance further, that they're not even thinking about this as a Western decision maker, what would you say to me? What would your advice be? Ah, that's a bad, bad, a difficult, difficult question. I think, first of all, don't escalate as NATO. Don't escalate. Second, support Ukraine uh, uh, every way as you can. Wait, aren't and those we- two contradictory to each other? No, no. Because you can economically, humanitarily, you can support Ukraine. You can you can provide Ukraine weapons, but it, it doesn't it doesn't mean ex- escalation. Escalation means that there's a NATO fighter and and Russian fighter okay. and they are fighting in the air. But if you provide weapons, for example, we sent lot of lot of weapons. Finland sent lot of weapons to Ukraine. 
as a, a member of European Union, as all the European Union nations did. So and and, and UK also sent it javelins, which has been very good weapon. It has provided to be a very good weapon against the tanks. But anyhow, so I would say that okay, don't escalate. Support Ukraine. Support the peace process. And beware. Be ready if something bad happened. Don't believe everything. That might be my advice. This. Mahra, do you think he will use chemical weapons? Hmm. I think not. I think because it would escalate. It, it would be the red line. Why would he use those weapons? Uh, what what would he gain? Because now he hasn't gained uh, a lot of success by attacking normally by ground forces. What would he gain by using the chemical weapon? Especially if you look, the, for example, the Ukrainian Ukrainian videos. You see that all the Ukrainian soldiers they have the gas masks ready beside them. So it means that Ukrainians are saying that we are ready. If you use a chemical weapon, we are ready. So don't use that because there is no there is no effect. That makes sense. Mm. All right. Well, Colonel, it, it's been uh, really great to to get your thoughts on everything that's going on. Uh, we're going to ask you a couple of questions from our supporters for our supporters. But before we do, the question we always finish with uh, is what's the one thing that we're not talking about here in the West that you think we should be? Uh, you know, related with Russia or Ukraine or... Anything at all. Anything what I want to speak. Yes. yes. Um, about, For example, about myself. No. Uh, well, if you think we don't talk about you enough, <laughs> <Okay>. then yes. <laughs> okay. No, so I think what is what is now very interesting is 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 the what is going on is NATO discussions about NATO membership in Finland, Finland and Sweden, because before the Ukrainian war, according to the polls in polls in Finland, the supporters, the number of supporters or percentage, percentage of, of supporters supporters of NATO was about 30, 28-30%. When the war broke out, now 62% of Finns support the NATO membership. So it doubled, the number doubled. So, so 62% now support NATO membership in Finland and 28% is against. So it means that because we have had lot long time discussions, should we join or should we not join? But our politicians, they have not been brave enough to start the process. And now, now it seems that the people have overrun the politicians. The people has overrun the politicians, and now the politicians try to the fixed situation, they try to find their position in this changed situation and almost all the politicians surprisingly are for the NATO membership now because they realize that they, the people want to join NATO. Yes. So there's a great irony here in, in attempting to, if, if the rationale of Putin's invasion is partly about pushing NATO yeah. back, He's actually strengthened NATO with what he's done. Yes, yes, yeah. 
we, we were joking that we should send to Kremlin a lot, lot of those military merit medals <laughs> because they have they have worked hard for Finnish defense. <laughs> well, on that happy note, uh, Colonel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, before we ask you, uh, before we wrap up the interview and ask you questions for our supporters, uh, I know you're active on Twitter. Uh, where else should people go to to see your thoughts and your commentary? I link it in, but I, I link it in. I'm I'm just following business things, but I'm Twitter in. Twi- I'm I'm a Twitter man, so Twitter is my main uh, main media. Okay, we'll make sure to put the link to your brilliant lecture and your Twitter handle in the description of the video. With that, thank you for coming on the show and thank you all for watching and listening. Uh, we'll see you very soon with another brilliant episode like this one or our show. All of them go out at 7 p.m. UK time. And for those of you who like your trigonometry on the go, it's also available as a podcast. Take care and see you soon, guys. Mara, from your perspective, what could be done to turn the Russians to Western Europe more? as in become more westernized. Before you go, consider joining our exclusive member feed. As a member, you'll get ad-free and extended interviews. Click the membership link in the podcast description or find the exclusive episodes link on your podcast listening app to join us.